0: Welcome to our podcast series, Five Questions, Five Answers, in which we explore recent U.S. trade policies and U.S. trade rules that can affect thousands of companies. We have a goal in mind to help you, the listener, translate the legal into real-world business strategies. My name is Bridget Matheson. I'm the director of North American Manufacturing here at Aaron Fox Schiff in Washington, D.C., I get the easy part. I get to ask the questions, and I get to choose the colleague or the guest I know will have the right answers for you. So in the next few minutes, I will ask five questions that reflect the concerns we've been hearing from business leaders, all who want to understand the rules, but they also need to mitigate their business risk while increasing their bottom line. So let's start. It's July. Temperatures are up, the Dow though is still down. There's a very heated summer ahead of us for those of us in the automotive manufacturing sector, particularly the electric vehicle sector, I would assume. But there's a lot of good news these days as well. And although supply chains have their problems, they are strained. The costs are surging. There is one particular state that has certainly been making all the right headlines. In fact, two big headlines. That would be the state of Georgia. And has nothing to do with the November politics, by the way. (laughs) Georgia announced recently that Hyundai will be building a manufacturing facility for the EV and EV battery in Georgia. That would be over $5 billion investment in that state. And Rivian, the electric truck and van maker, also announced earlier that it would build another $5 billion factory in Georgia, somewhere east of Atlanta. So I read those headlines and I wanted to know more and guess who I have today. I have Rick Walker today. He's the president and CEO of the Georgia Automotive Manufacturers Association, or GAMA, and I understand also its founder, which I did not know.
1: Welcome, Rick. Thank you, Brigitte. I'm very, very pleased to be here with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, for those listeners who do not know about GAMA, tell us a little bit about it
1: Gamma is what's called the Trade Association. We are a networking education organization. We also provide other benefits to our members that come with just getting together. And that's all good post COVID. So everybody likes to get together. Gamma's been around since about 2010. We've grown significantly over all those years. We have been honored in the last five years or so to be a participant in the Southern Automotive Conference. Gamma hosted that in 2018 eighteen and we're going to host it again this year, and I know we'll come back to that with a little more information, but I'm thrilled to be here and tell the good news about the state of Georgia.
0: Before we begin with one of my questions, Rick, I have been to Georgia. I've been to your conferences. They're extremely interesting. But the state of Georgia, you've got, in terms of the vehicle manufacturing, and certainly now with the EV, you guys have pretty much everything, right, from tier two all the way to the OEMs. I mean, that's huge for your state.
1: It is. So we've had Kia. Kia. For a number of years, probably about 9, 10 years, Bluebird Boss, known as Bluebird Corporation, has been around for a long time. They're down in Fort Valley, Georgia. We also have Honda Precision Parts. They make kind of transmissions. It's like a small OEM-type factory. They're located in Talapusa, Georgia as well, dropping down to the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 manufacturers. Georgia has always been a hub for those. If you look at Georgia's geographic location and you look at the states like Alabama, Mississippi on one side, Tennessee above us, and South Carolina, just north and east of us, everything has to go through Georgia. And we've always had a lot of Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 suppliers.
0: I'm going to go look at the map when I get off this podcast, Rick. That's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right.
1: Look at it. I85. That sort of tells the story. Interstate I75 tells another story. Thank hmm. you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Wow.
0: That's going to be the title of my next op-ed headline. I75. The story. So let's get into it. These podcasts do have a focus on U.S. trade policy. This summer, while we're in the middle of the doldrums, and usually summers are the doldrums for all policy making, usually, you know, legislators go home and agencies take vacations. That's not this summer. This summer seems to be a bit different. As we speak, the International Trade Commission in Washington is starting up the first day of a three-day hearing on the impacts of U.S. special tariffs on imports, the 232 tariffs on aluminum and steel, and the 301 tariffs on all things from China. They will wrap that up As I said, on the third day, they're hearing industry testimonies from, gosh, over 30, 35 people and associations. And the dispute under the USMCA on what's a core part in terms of a vehicle— is still raging i guess the three countries mexico Canada, the united states are going to be meeting again in that panel dispute but that's going to be important because what they define as a core product and how it's treated is extremely important to the vehicle sector and how to source parts that go into the assemblies and finished products so all of this comes when it's been quite obvious that the administration and in certainly U.S. Customs and Border Protection have heightened their scrutiny on USMCA compliance, but also enforcement of the 232 and 301 tariffs. And as you know, the automotive industry and the EV industry is near and dear to this administration's heart, and they will do as much as they can for the industry. So in other words, corporate executives who may be listening can expect to read about important policy decisions affecting their supply chain, but that's from pretty much sourcing and procurement to marketing and their sales department, frankly. So my question here, Rick, these are my words, but I th- always thought Georgia seems to be the gateway to the world for the United States and for so much of its manufacturing. Are Trade policy and trade enforcement, some of the stuff I was just talking about, are they important to your members? Are you hearing about them? Do they know about them? They just don't know the right question to ask because it's pretty complicated and with some really important consequences. So what's the drumbeat, Rick, that you're hearing from your folks?
1: Short answer to your question is yes, it is very important. And the good news is, is that we hear questions from our members and Gamma, as it's currently structured, does not have the capability and staff to answer those questions competently. So, what we do is we refer our members to firms like yours <laughs> and you, as well as to other organizations that are trade associations, including BEMA, the Motor and Equipment Manufacturers Association, and their affiliate. OESA, which is the Original Equipment Suppliers Association, which very often then just kicks things up to me. So that's the short answer. We are getting questions. And, you know, your observation about Georgia being a gateway, it's in part just because of our geography. We have the Port of Savannah. We have the Port of Brunswick, both major international ports. We have the Atlanta Airport which is, by statistics, the the largest, biggest, most heavily traveled airport, depending upon the statistics that you use. And the ports have now started inland ports, which are a combination of goods moving from the seaports to inland ports by way of rail for better distribution. And I believe there are three of those inland ports now in operation.
0: That's so interesting because I was just about to say that in terms of U.S. trade rules and import rules and all of that, states like Michigan or New York, companies there that are so geographically closer to the quote-unquote border, Arizona, New Mexico, California, to the southern border, have traditionally been more aware of the border and all the rules around the border because the truck takes two hours to get there from the border. And I was going to say in Georgia, that is not necessarily the case, but in It is the case. You have international borders, as you just described, so that's really interesting. And I had forgotten about the Port of Savannah. That's got to be a busy port these days. Rick, tell me about the Southern Automotive Conference. I've been to that one as well. It's huge for you. It's huge for your area. Tell us about the conference and, well, look, let me just plug it. It's a great conference. So please tell everyone, where is it? When is it? And why should people go?
1: Okay. It's the Southern Automotive Conference, also known as the SAC. This will be its 15th year. It is run, and this is the technical side of it, by four states, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, and we rotate the hosting obligations each year this is Georgia's year like it was in 2018. When Georgia had the event four years ago, we had about 1,200 people, and we're hoping for that again this year. You know, we came off COVID with our first event last year in 2021, hosted by Alabama, and they had a great attendance of that of about 800. And COVID was not an issue to speak of at that event. Alabama did a fantastic job with their conference, and we're hoping to build on that. We're using the term next level. And by next level, we're referring, to the technology and the knowledge that we'll be presenting to the audience.
0: I'm assuming at these conferences, you do have companies who come from abroad, not only Canada and Mexico, but I'm assuming, given the global supply chain, you have a lot of international interest.
1: Am I right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, One of the features we have in the exhibit areas for the Southern Automotive Conference are what we call pavilions. In the past, it's been countries like Japan who have had 20 or 30 exhibitors under their umbrella. and They have a big flag hanging from the ceiling at the event. This year, in addition to Japan, which is JETRO, as you probably know them, we'll have a pavilion from Canada. And we're also working on one from Taiwan. And a new addition this year is one from Oracle. Not a country but it tells us a little bit more about where our industry is heading. Oracle is a top-notch software provider. I can't say enough good things about them. Our audience probably knows more than I do, but they're going to have a pavilion there as well, focusing mainly on the technical side of supply chain. So again, hopefully you know, 1,200 people, at least 1,000, we're hoping. And this is a trade conference as well with exhibit booths. It runs from Wednesday, October 5th, Through Friday, October 7th, Wednesday starts off with a matchmaking event. It's sort of like speed dating for OEMs and suppliers. So if you're a supplier and you want to get in front of an OEM or a large tier one, they're sort of in the same category as a buyer. We have that on Wednesday afternoon. And if you're an OEM or a large tier one, we provide four complimentary registrations for OEMs and large tier ones to show up at that matchmaking event. We really want them there because they really add to the, the substance of the event. Thursday is a full day of substantive presentations. It starts off relatively early, eight o'clock, I think, and uh, and runs through about five with great speakers, great panels, time to visit the exhibitors. Uh, we have something new this year called the EV Street Electric Vehicle Display Area. That'll be going strong on Thursday and Friday. And then Thursday evening, we have a gala reception, which is our big blowout social event. We're going to have great entertainment, Detroit flavor, so it's going to sound a little like Motown. It'll just be a lot of fun. Friday is what I call an all-star panel. We've invited the governor of Georgia to attend, as is often the case. Governors are extremely busy people, and they can't commit this far out, but we're hoping... Governor Kemp Willitan. Just by way of comparison, in Alabama in 2021, we had three governors up here. So I think that speaks to the validity of the event and the the way it's covered by the automotive industry. We'll have an economic report on Friday, and then hopefully uh, everyone will be free to leave late, late morning, probably about 11 o'clock or so because we respect everybody's need to get back to their regular offices by the end of the day. We're a manufacturing organization, so we're going to have all sorts of things on manufacturing with an emphasis on electric vehicles this year.
0: Thanks, Rick. Again, I'm a huge fan of that conference, and I really... When I found out that you were hosting this year, A, I was impressed, and B, I needed to share that with our listeners who I hope can attend. You had talked about, you know, 1000, 1000 plus people at the conference. The one thing I found about these conferences is that the right people come you know they all are decision makers and they all come with this wealth of knowledge and understanding of the industry and the supply chain those conversations are always very very substantive and i bet you you're going to hit 1000 if not more because i think you'd agree especially with the new vehicle of today there are a lot of new players a lot of new companies from pop-ups to companies who have partnered with traditional manufacturing part manufacturing and oems it's very- very exciting these days. And so the playing field, yeah, is growing and there are a lot of new players on the field, but the rule book, however, uh, is in flux and the industry hates flux. And that's of course where these podcasts come in and frankly, where Aaron Fox shift comes in for all the latest information on the conference but also on all of the actions taking place here in Washington on the trade front. It's all on our Aaron Fox Schiff electric mobility website. And I hope that subscribers come and visit that website. Call me if you have any questions. Rick, where and how do people get in touch with you?
1: Thanks for giving me that opportunity. Let me just back up for a second for the Southern Automotive Conference. Our website is www.southern.com. Otto, auto, A-U-T-O con, dot com. Again, that's Southern southernautocon.com. I'm reachable at Walker at gamma, G-A-M-A dash Georgia sure, dot org. That's rwalker at gamma dash Georgia sure, dot org. I'm also reachable. And uh, you know this, Bridget, I'm a patent and trade association attorney as well. So if for some reason, the gamma link doesn't work. I'm Walker at worldpatents.com. I think that's an easy one. This has been great. And we'd love to see the energy level continue to rise at the Southern Automotive Conference. The first day is just awesome every time.
0: I love your enthusiasm, Rick. I'm such a big fan of yours, too. Everyone who is listening, thank you for tuning in. Again, thank you, Rick. And we will be looking forward to meeting everyone at the conference. And in the interim, try and stay cool, everyone.